0: Rock the Bottom Podcast with Andrea and Martin begins now.
1: If I didn't experience them myself, I I wouldn't have believed it. If you're open to signs and synchronicities, there's a good chance you will experience spiritual miracles as well.
0: Welcome back to Rock the Bottom Podcast. This marks our final episode of season two and a full year of Rock the Bottom Podcast. We are overjoyed, we are inspired and privileged to have been able to sit down with so many inspired people who were willing to get so real and so raw when it comes to Rock Bottom to share their stories with vulnerability and to also share what gifts they found in their rock bottom. Now, last week we sat down with Dr. Marnie hill Faderero and she shared the inspiration that led to her best-selling book, God Came to My Garage Sale. And today in our final roundtable discussion, we sat down once again with Dr. Marnie Hill-Fotteraro and we hope you enjoy the conversation that ensued. Thanks again for joining us for two successful seasons. So we had the opportunity to hear your story last week and it was incredible. Uh, One of the the pieces that we didn't really get to delve into was the spiritual miracle piece. And I know that this will be exciting for listeners that haven't had an opportunity to read your book um, but are you willing to share with us one of the one of the pieces that inspired the writing of the book because uh, I think yeah. spiritual miracles are just right are
1: just- they are unbelievable and actually if I didn't experience them myself i I wouldn't have believed it if you're open to signs and synchronicities there's a good chance you will experience spiritual miracles as well yeah so let me just collect myself a little bit here. <laughs> Uh yeah, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. It's good, but it's hard to talk about things. But yeah, the spiritual miracles are just so very cool. There are so many. And and of course they're in the book. The first chapter is called Dancing Dragonflies. Around the garage sale time, I, I walked out to the cul de sac and you know, instead of being sad or angry or revengeful, any of these negative feelings some of which are just not even part of who I am as a person. I don't believe in revenge or being vindictive. I was just in a state of gratitude, and I was looking back at my home. And uh, even though I had lost it and I knew my life would never be the same, I was just so grateful that I had 20 years there with my kids. Even though it was a false reality for part of it, I had 20 years as a wife in this beautiful home, had a lot of great memory, even though I eventually, well, very shortly, lost all my neighbors. I mean, not one neighbor came to offer any kind words or any support, which, you know, is unbelievable. I understand it now, I understand it now, but I had so much fun with my neighbors. And I was kind of, even though I worked full-time as a teacher, I was the neighborhood mom with the lemonade stands and the chalk on the sidewalk. And we're looking for bugs. You know, we're doing all sorts of things. I, I love my neighborhood and I love the other kids in the neighborhood. And I, I love the fact that I could raise my kids in, in such a beautiful place. And all of a sudden a dragonfly circled me and I thought that's pretty cool, but I didn't think too much of it. And then before I knew it, there were five but within a very short time, there were 50 and to what I believe is about 100 dragonflies circling me. And I was in a state of awe. I wasn't scared. I wasn't shocked. I wasn't in disbelief. It was It was like I was taking it in. and And the experience was all in slow motion, which for me and my experiences, they're all in slow motion. It's like time stands still it's almost like the air is clear jello and i'm just in a mesmerized state but i could see the dragonflies going down the the road of the block you know going down the block coming back and circling me and and with it being in slow motion i could see the veins of the wings the iridescent colors I saw so many different sizes and immediately I equated them to generations of people. So I didn't even look at the dragonflies as dragonflies. I looked at them as people, that there were babies and toddlers and teenagers and young adults and, you know, grandparents. I mean, it was just, it blew me away. I was, this surrounding was like a hug. A hug that I've never had before in my entire life. And the feeling that I got, the knowing that I got was that I was loved and supported by all these, I believe, ancestors. I don't think, I don't even know if they were my ancestors, if they were, you know, past generations from the neighborhood, you know, from, I just, I, I didn't get that information. I just got the information that it I was loved and supported and that I would be okay. So that just blew me away. That was, and actually about three quarters of the way through, I sort of came out of this and I knew to pull out my cell phone and videotape it. And I videotaped a hundred wow. dragonflies, you know, going around me. Just so I had proof you. Yeah. Right. I, so that you knew for yourself that you had that proof. <laughs> I had proof that I, I wasn't, you know, um, I, I wasn't making this up. This mm-hmm. really happened. A- and another confirmation came later on. So so the, the garage sale was in probably the spring, you know, the spring or summer. But, you know, that Thanksgiving, you know, Rick and I were spending a lot of time together and we, we love to go snow skiing out west, and we were going to go, but there weren't any runs open because it was Thanksgiving time, and it was a little too early in the season out there. They didn't have enough snow. So we're like, let's road trip it to Minnesota. There's a place called Taylor Falls, and they had some runs open. And so we decided to do a, a, you know, a long weekend road trip. That was the first Thanksgiving, and the first, you know, holiday, really, of all my holidays now without my children or without any family to be honest with you you know just rick and i and but it was a wonderful thanksgiving there was even though it was very different than and i knew my kids were with their father and their family and all of that and i was excluded from everything i just had a marvelous time with rick you know going on this road trip i didn't have a need to to buy anything or, you know, I don't know. We just had a real quiet kind of time. In fact, our, our Thanksgiving dinner was at a little diner on main street (laughs) and, and they didn't even cook the food at the diner. It was like all the people that worked at this little diner made a dish and brought it in. And so it was almost like we, we were with like family, but it wasn't our family, but we had each other and it was still okay. It still was okay um, I didn't get overwhelmingly sad that you know I knew my kids were celebrating that holiday that I always did a lot for you know all the holidays. I was I was someone who celebrated Martin Luther King Day and I would bring out books and and you know all sorts of things just I mean, Groundhog Day. It didn't matter. I was celebrating big holidays and little holidays with my kids. But anyway, Rick and I decided to just drive around. And we came across the Dancing Dragonfly Winery. (laughs) I thought, this is so neat. And could it really be open? And it was. And so we went in, just kind of shocked because I had he knew of my dragonfly experience and you know i kept on saying i i gotta write about this this is just fascinating and it turned out that the owner of the dancing dragonfly winery had the same kind of experience i did and wrote about like i mean it's a there were differences in that this this owner was kind of out camping in the wilderness and you know, got into a life-threatening situation, but was surrounded by hundreds of dragonflies and was given the feeling that they would be okay. And it was so profound for them that they opened a winery, you know, that this opened a winery. And that was so validating for me because I had never heard of another dragonfly experience. And then I, of course, I've gone on to research the meaning of dragonflies and, and, you know, the significance of all of that. But anyway, that is one of the many experiences that were that I experienced at the, the garage sale that I I had to write about.
2: Well, and, and no, and it's, and it's really profound. And I think there's something to be said about having a spiritual experience. And I mean, it, it manifests in many different ways you know, because we are uh, very different people, very different needs, very different experiences. So it would make sense that that these spiritual manifestations would, would, would be just as variable, but there's something to be said. And I can attest to this personally from going through my rock bottom, you know, a 17 and a half year, you know, period of my life, but because I felt so closely connected to my spirituality that I never felt alone. Like there's there's some profound comfort and security in knowing that you are not going through whatever it is alone, right? Mm-hmm. Because there is this this faith and this belief and and this this knowing that that, that might just be you know uh, specific to you, where you just know yeah. that you are not alone, and there is so much comfort in that. So as you were talking about this dragonfly uh, experience and how and how it made you feel you know comforted and and safe and then later to even though you're there's the there's the the very real reality that your kids are not there in this moment celebrating this event with you but it didn't you know it, it didn't it didn't bring about just devastating sadness for you right there was still joy in that yeah. moment and i think just having that faith right just having that faith <laughs> it it really it really has a profound impact on our lives and how we approach and respond to adversity that in large part, you know, could be out of our control or it might be of, of our own doing mm-hmm. really neither here nor there, but right. having, being blanketed by that, that spiritual spirituality is is really a a, a, a remarkable thing.
0: Yeah, and it's that whole like cracking open like when we when we hit rock bottom, we become open because we are whether it's through desperation or whatever, whatever we thought we knew isn't any longer and so then it leaves fair game to everything else right so we become these open beings, and there's the potential to be able to receive those messages. And then I love that that next piece, like you were touching on Martin about, you know, that, that, you know, what the Buddhists say, that thing, that pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional. And it's like, you have this opening and then you have this spiritual confirmation of where you're at and a gentle movement into that sort of acceptance of like, oh, there's the pain of maybe me not having this old part of the life but also acceptance of like, well, this is a new experience. Like I might Mm -hmm. not be with my, my biological family, but I'm, I'm nestled up in this sweet little diner with all of these people that are bringing as much. And we're all so darn connected, that it's, yeah. What's the difference any longer? Right?
1: No, it was amazing. And, you know, Rick and I have gone on to travel the world. We've spent a month in India, a month in Thailand, a month in Israel we've spent many long weekends and weeks throughout the United States and Mexico and even Iceland. And I think one thing that we come away with is that people are people, no matter where you are. And I've always been a loving, open, accepting person. I think that's, I was raised that way. You know, I didn't look at anyone's color of their skin, their religion, I didn't look at their educational level or what job they had. I always just look at people as people. And and I also as a as a in my childhood I did live in Athens Greece for a year when I was when I was 10 my dad was a college professor and and you know he did a study abroad program there and 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 that was really a profound experience for me kind of setting the tone for just my being open to anyone. I don't care what your sexual orientation is or what your favorite color is or <laughs> where you live. I look at people as people. And then R- Rick and I have been able to travel the world and see the how much we all have in common and that there are other people experiencing the rock bottoms, but we all can kind of come together in knowing that we may handle our responses differently, but it does come down to our choice on how we want to respond to things. And, and it's just very, very wonderful to know that people can rise above their circumstances. Absolutely. That there's something in the human spirit because really, I mean, there's, there's so much devastation in the world, and if you really were to think about the the lies, the corruption, the 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 damage, the you know whether it's it's intentional or unintentional, whether you caused it or it was just an act of nature, whatever it is, like it it almost doesn't matter. That what matters is how we we respond to that, and I think there's kind of happiness and for me in knowing that that we somehow as human beings have been given a gift to be able to rise above these challenges because in many ways we shouldn't we shouldn't be able to rise above these things cuz they're so devastating but there's just something about the human spirit and maybe maybe there's something bigger and divine happening as well to help guide us towards being able to put one foot in front of the other and, and and even do better than that. Go on to inspire others by whatever you do in your healing, whether it's writing a book, whether it's speaking about it, whether it's having a podcast, whether it's, you know, opening a, a center, even if it's just the little things, even, you know, it doesn't have to be some big, huge transformation it it could be just you know in a in a kind gesture to a stranger you know it it can it can manifest itself in so many different ways but there's so much love and beauty in this world and even though so many of us have experienced loss and devastation and some more than others you know it's all part of the journey
2: absolutely well you just said something i am i am wholeheartedly of the belief that and abraham maslow uh would agree with this as well because he
0: it explored this
2: right right but <laughs> but but so so there was the one last layer that he added to that pyramid as he was he, he had like four or five years left to live at that point and he was very ill but he had he had so the self-actualization at the top of that pyramid where we reach our fullest potential he then modified that it really didn't make it into the textbooks But he modified that to say that the only way that we fully self actualize is when we become of service to other people. Mm -hmm. And so, what you were just saying—how you 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 channeled that that pain and that struggle into something that goes beyond yourself—yes, right. And 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 so, I I I wholeheartedly believe that that is the only way that we truly fully self actualize, um, so that our gifts are not just for our own you know self pleasure and 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 self you know gratification but but actually extends um out to other people and then, like you said doesn't have to affect you know 10,000 people it could affect your family your immediate family or mm-hmm. a neighbor or a child or, or whomever but it's got to go beyond yourself yeah, and i think yeah. you really hit the nail on the head with that
1: And and naturally i mean i think for so many of us that is the progression that happens because, you know, when I was reaching out to learn about what I was going through, I would tune into podcasts. I would tune into literature. I would read some books, some magazine articles. Those people all made that transition past self-actualization to that next level of being service to others. And that is something that for so many, it's just a natural progression. But it's pretty profound. But it's also very natural to when you have gone through things, even if you are still healing yourself, and maybe the healing part will be a lifelong journey, even even just in sharing your stories and how you handle certain things, even that could help someone say, well, gosh, if they could do that, I might not be able to do exactly what they did, but I can do a little bit. And the ripple effect that we can have on the world can be transformational for so many people.
0: We're and, all and, breadcrumbs, aren't we? We're all yeah, breadcrumbs, right, for right. Each
1: other. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And I think getting our messages out there, you know, I have this very cool opportunity coming up this year to speak at Columbia University in New York City. I could talk on anything I wanted to because it's part of this blue talks, business life in the universe. It's kind of like Ted talks meets chicken soup for the soul. So I can talk about spirituality where Ted talks, you can't really talk about spirituality. They're not interested in that. I had to decide what I was going to talk about. You know, was I going to talk about surviving family traumas, domestic abuse, parental alienation. And I'm thinking, I don't want to, I've done a lot of healing with that. I've done a lot with my five book series. I've gotten the message out there to others and hopefully to my own children who, if they ever kind of, you know, plug in my name to a computer, they might see, Hey, there's mom again, you know, talking about love and goodness and, and overcoming things and, um, So I think that I really want to focus on the spiritual miracles because I almost believe, especially with what's happening in the world today, that we need these messages of hope and we need messages that there might be a bigger plan going on than, than what we are believing. So I'm, I'm so excited. I haven't really planned out my, my presentation. I know it's, it's, you know, it's under a half an hour, so, and I have no problem talking and, you know, but it's good to have some, some plan of what I want to say. And I, uh, the dragonfly experience is probably one that I will include in it because that was the first that really opened up my, my eyes to so many of the other experiences. In doing this, and it's a lot of expense to fly from the Caribbean to New York and, you know, with hotels and air and all that. But the opportunity to be able to share a message with a wider audience, um, you know, and, you know, there's something to say for that because really you don't know who you're going to impact, even if it's just one person and, and then the ripple effect can take place. Absolutely.
0: I, (laughs) I feel like that's like a beautiful note for us to, to end uh, this week's episode on. And as I was saying earlier, like, if we can all recognize it doesn't matter how big our, our rock bottom is, or whether we've hit it or not, we all have something to offer others always right in our experience. So hope, hope the rest of us and people listening, you know, that we all can kind of get into that leaving a breadcrumb for someone else kind of thing. It doesn't have to be huge. It just got to be a little something that helps the person that's maybe coming up behind you get to yeah, where they need to yeah. get
1: to pay um, it forward. You know, I, I will share, um, one very big support for me, um, was this organization called love dominates and it has evolved into agape love dominates, which is God's love. And Tamara Gerstemeyer Sweeney just is going to be putting out an agape love challenge, kind of like, you know, the ice bucket challenge, you know, that we had in our world for a while. But with the premise of just reach out and do a random act of kindness for someone, you know, whether it's paying for their coffee or offering a helping hand. I'm someone who's been known to give a coat off my back or shoes off my feet. Seriously. even in the city, if someone doesn't have shoes, I'm giving them my shoes. Little acts of kindness are very important, and, and so I'm so excited about this, this challenge in that, you know, there are other people out there trying to have that ripple effect, and that that philosophy of just doing one good deed, which can lead to more good deeds. And even if it's little, we can make a big difference in the world. Thank you. Yeah. Rock the Bottom Podcast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to like, subscribe, or share.